Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. The up arrow on my keyboard has now broken. Well, that's exciting. So instead, what I have to do is turn the volume down. Because <laughs> when I lower the volume, it brings up the little thing on my screen that says the volume has changed. And then I can select that with my mouse. That sounds super involved and I don't care for it. But that's easier than going into the menu because I would have to go into settings and then go to volume and then adjust. Justin, obviously you're very important to me and I'm, I'm super glad that you figured out how to adjust volume. But if you ever explain to me something in that much detail again, we're going to have an issue. <laughs> oh, no. Because this, this is bad because uh, I've decided I'm doing more research on the podcast now. What? Mate, I set you up so beautifully then. Aren't you proud of me? Look how much I've grown. You did so much and I look what I'm doing with it. Do you want, <laughs> do you want to just start all this again? <laughs> yes. Hey, Justin. Good to hear from you. Darcy, I'm very Hope cold. you had a nice week. You're so cold, buddy. My brain has stopped working. It's such a beautiful day outside. How are you chilly? My house gets cold in May and stays cold till like September. Mm, uh, that is a problem. I don't know why I'm being like, oh, why are you cold? I sleep in Ugg boots these days. <laughs> you're, you're already hibernating? Oh, I am full on bear mode at the moment. I've eaten many grubs and ants and salmon and I'm now going to have a nap for an extended period of time. Well, I'm glad that I've caught you before you go for a nap. Uh, no. It's uh, a bit worried that with us moving fortnightly, we'll lose uh, our rhythm. We won't be as tuned in, but this week we seem really on it. So <laughs> now I'm less concerned. I like the idea that there's like a fighting fit version of podcasting. You're like shadow boxing before you put the headset on. Like... <laughs> I, I think there is a fighting fit version of, of podcasting. I reckon that's where we were last week. I reckon we were we were in form. The problem is last week was actually a fortnight ago by the time this goes live, and we've not been podcasting sharply on the mats. Haven't even been sparring. We're not we're not Apollo Creed Rock yet. You've just been sending me KFC memes. It's not been a good week for focus at work. <laughs> like the work is still getting done, but uh it's really been in fits and starts. Have you been doing anything with the new in the new world with the loosened restrictions and everything? So I was talking to my housemate about this before. <laughs> I was like, I think the, the issue is that COVID has actually given me the excuse to be the introvert I've always wanted to be. I hate leaving the house. I want yeah. to stay inside all the time. <laughs> leaving it is a burden that is, I'm going to argue, unacceptable to me. <laughs> I did my social stuff last night. I We've set up a pretty successful after-work drinks, like video chat, me and my mates. So I've done all the talk talk, had a few beverages, had a few giggles. Yeah. Now I'm good. <laughs> well, guess it's just me and these four walls. What I did do was after some lovely chats with my friend who is stuck in Melbourne going slowly insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because in Melbourne they've left everything closed. Mm. So she has been online dating, doing the chatty, chatty thing. Ooh. So she gave us all the good goss on what was going on with that, and I was like, oh, my God, you're right. I haven't even done that in so long. I should check back in. So we got a bit tipsy, and they helped me pick out some likely contenders. Always a good thing to do. You've played on my Tinder before, right? I have. 
I have. It was fun. So it wasn't just Tinder. It was also Bumble and Hinge. Yeah. So we were flicking on everything. Yeah. This is the problem, though, because I was back onto it. And you know how someone's, like, prepping you with questions that are going to turn into, like, a request for you to go somewhere? They're like, oh, so how do you feel about breakfast? And you're like, oh. You know, like a clear setup to like, you know, ooh, it's the alley-oop before you slam dunk. Do you like breakfast? Because I know a place. I get Yeah, you. look, I talk to a lot of lame people. <laughs> this is part of the problem. Some guy sort of started pushing the conversation in that direction. This guy was leaning towards it and I suddenly realized, oh no, they could set it up because where we are, cafes, you can eat outside. It's possible to go to brunch again. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to do this. I just want to be in my own boots with gross hair and (laughs) watch movies I've already watched before. (laughs) But you can reasonably say, I just think it would be irresponsible for us to go on a date right now. Isn't that such a good excuse? It's quite a good excuse. I mean, it's not sexy, but it's quite a good excuse. Doing your duty for society is extremely sexy. We mustn't. We mustn't <laughs> we for the sake of the world. So much passion. This is the other part of the problem, is that I will continue talking to boring people, or I will lie. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just, Don't do that. I'm just shady. I think it's girl brain, where you're like, it's my responsibility to do the emotional labor to set up this conversation and this connection. And he can just stand there and answer monosyllabically until I'm like, hey, do you think you've got enough information to prepare a request to take me somewhere? (laughs) It just flashes indexing across his eyes. Processing. Processing. (laughs) This was happening. I was crowdsourcing answers to these questions because I'm not good at this stuff. And last night my mate goes, why don't you just say, like, I'm not really into that. I'm into this. And I was like, oh, you've raised a good point. I don't do that because I'm an insane person. (laughs) Because what you want to do is three months in, ambush them with, oh, by the way, I never liked eating breakfast. Yeah, just a different person, actually. The mask comes off. And actually, I hate everything you do. And your voice is annoying. And your interests bore me. I'm so bored all the time. I'm sorry. I hate sports and mornings. Those are my two least favorites. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. So it's difficult because every third person on a dating app wants to take you hiking. And I don't like hiking. No one likes hiking. Not really. If they do, they just like adrenaline or, you know, endorphins. And, hey, I can get that not at altitude, I guess. Well, luckily... In our news segment today, I'll be able to give you all the information you need to get out of dates. Because <laughs> I've got a really long list of all of the things you're allowed to do in all the states of Australia. And that will hopefully prepare you for being able to turn people down. You know what does bring me joy is that that means that you're going to have to keep some of my long rambly story now. <laughs> Good luck editing that. I no, no, that. I just, I mentally, I mentally uh, <laughs> clocked some points. <laughs> News. I'm genuinely concerned because I've given you more time to research stuff and I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit scared about what's about to happen right now. Darcy, it's okay. I'm not. This is not going to be a completely different news segment. This is not a completely different show. All I've got here is a simple Excel spreadsheet. 
yep. <laughs> That's never been said, and then something good happens. You know that, right? It's, it's just got a list of questions about the things that you're allowed to do, given social distancing, and all of the states and territories of Australia. So if you would like to know about a thing you can do in a place, fire it at me. Well, Justin, I'm in Queensland, as you know, and I... I did know uh, that, yeah. I am a ferroequinologist, so I would like to meet up with my fellow ferroequinologist and talk about trains. You know, train chat. I've told you about train chat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more about train chat, though. Tell the listeners about train chat. Train chat is where a bunch of us ferroheads get together and um, drink what we like to call diesel fuel. <laughs> and uh, chat about trains, Justin. It's fairly self-explanatory. Anyway, there are only 11 of us. Would we be able to do that this weekend? Now, where would you be catching up in Queensland. What part of the Queensland Ooh, are you in? Uh, well, I'm in the CBD and we would like to meet Ooh. at a restaurant. Do you have a least favourite ferroequinologist in the group? We do. It's Dave. Everybody hates him. That is a relief because within the uh, urban and basically the non-regional areas of Queensland, there is a 10-person limit for most activities. You could go to restaurants, cafes, pubs, clubs, hotels. Uh, you could go to a bar, although you wouldn't be able to go uh, without food. You can't just drink alcohol there. You could also go to an open house or a public pool or lagoon. You could even go to a beauty salon. I know that you're keen with your fellow ferroequinologists, but you could only go... I was going to say, we don't fuck with lagoons because that's where mermaids live. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt your flow. <laughs> but you could only go... Uh, with 10 people uh, to any Only of those 10. things. Uh, me and my posse sons, Dave, could check out and uh, have the train chats. You certainly could. A bunch of places. So, um, if you were in regional Queensland, uh, you'd mm -hmm. be able to have a group of up to 20 people. Whoa. You can also have up to 20 people for a wedding or funeral. Uh, when Dave inevitably dies of some sad illness. I'm oh, Dave. sorry to hear that about, about Dave, but yes, you can have a maximum of 20 people indoors or 30 people outdoors for both of those events in <laughs> Queensland. Just a Dave didn't know 20 people. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, 20 people at funerals and weddings. That's nice. You could also, with your 10 people, have a picnic. You could also go for a day trip, although remember that you can only travel within a 150-kilometre radius of your own home. Well, there you go. You'll be pleased to know that Morton, Fraser and Stradbroke Islands have reopened for the purpose of day travel, but you cannot camp overnight. There we go. There we go. That's, <laughs> That's Queensland. We pretty much covered Queensland. Of course, uh, there's a weird rule, and this will apply in New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, I think those are the three, where five members of one household can visit another household, but no more than five, and you can't, you can't have an event at your house that is like a mix of people from lots of different households. So no parties, but 10 people can meet up at a restaurant 10 people 10 people at a restaurant or yeah you can't have a a house party with you're right yes interestingly that means if you are a family that has two parents and four kids uh you can't take your whole family to another home that also has two parents and four kids <laughs> you, well, there you, you go. have to leave another kid at home that isn't the case in the ACT uh, you'll be pleased to hear. What are the rules in the ACT, Justin? What's going on in the bubble? 
Well, Darcy, I know that you are an actor. You you have many faces, I know. Um, and so let's let's slip into another character. We've had your fun Ferroquinology character. The city of Gotham does call me Two Face. You are right. Yes, yes. So get your Harvey Dent on. What would you like to portray now? I would like to be a fireworks expert. They're pretty legal in the ACT, right? That's a thing. Sure. One of the three things I know about the ACT. That's I hope not that's right. one of the things I Googled, but sure. <laughs> well, I like fireworks, and uh, my business, fireworksing, is uh, just hemorrhaging money, Justin. Can I reopen my fireworks shop in Canberra? Can you reopen your fireworks shop? Uh, yep. I don't believe it's an essential service. <laughs> How very dare you, sir. But their businesses, they have to be essential services before they can open. What if I just wanted to invite some people over to my home and set off some fireworks? So I don't actually know. Some states have basically expressly banned certain businesses from reopening. There's some gray area around what's allowed to be open, although because lots of people aren't leaving the house, people aren't really going to like novelty shops and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But th- there's a bit of a gray area there around whether you'd be allowed to open that shop. Also, is my fireworks aren't novelty. Fireworks are life. You are I'm, killing the lifeblood of Canberra. I'm so sorry for killing the lifeblood of Canberra. Hey there, it is Justin, the editor. After the fact, I knew there would be a few clarifications this episode. So the stores that we've seen closing are closing for two reasons. Either they've been told to close in the case of restaurants, cafes, casinos, beauty places. There's a whole range of places that have been expressly told to close under the restrictions. Other stores, there's been no restrictions placed, for example, on novelty shops as we talk about in this segment. The reason a lot of those shops may have closed anyway is because they're not getting enough turnover because they want to stay closed for the protection of their customers and their staff, especially in highly affected areas. But there is no express mandate that nobody shops have to remain closed. Cheapest Chips remains open across the country. The Reject Shop actually announced record sales in March as people were panic buying. However, a fireworks shop owner would be shut down in the ACT because fireworks have been banned since 2009. Um, so I don't know where Darcy got this information from, but it's I think it's my first time fact-checking Darcy rather than fact-checking myself. So I take great pleasure in announcing just how wrong she is on this point. It's, it's very pleasing to me. Anyway, back to the show. The interesting thing is that you would be able to host an event at your house providing fireworks illegal. I did not look that up. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I should Google that. But you could host a thing at your house uh, that is either 10 people total or more than 10 if it's the combination of two households that have been isolating together. So you could, in the situation, unlike in Queensland, where you have four kids uh, in your two-person relationship and you know another group of people that have four kids in their four-person relationship, those households could come together provided that you have the floor space to allow for distancing, you're allowed to do it. See, now, just always be inside. (laughs) Yeah. It's so useful that my family is not nearby, so I don't have to have this incredibly complex conversation of, you can visit, but only on Tuesdays if you're wearing a backwards cap and speak nothing but pig Latin. You could also go for a picnic. You could go to a commercial pool with a 10-person limit. You could go to a beach. 
but there aren't any beaches in the ACT. So uh, that's a bit of a problem and you can't cross state borders. So actually you can't go to a beach. You could go for a day trip, but honestly, where is there that you can go for a day trip that's still within the ACT? A day trip's going to put you in New South Wales. So um, Can't do that. Get out of But you're allowed to go to playgrounds, outdoor fitness stations, skate parks, dog parks, public barbecues, and the Tidbinbilla Nature Reserve, uh, the other public parks and things are closed but that is the one that is open you can't camp anywhere overnight can i ask oh this is now just a proper question about um sure south australia oh, oh let's let's inhabit the character of darcy the person that is in south australia yeah she uh, she wants to know if uh, playgrounds are open in south australia or not so i haven't actually Got that on my list. You'll be surprised here. There's there's not an express ruling on that, but I'll, I'll look that up uh, while we chat. What you can do in South Australia is you can travel overnight and go camping places. The weekend of this recording is expected to be very packed at various campsites and campgrounds, which kind of defeats the purpose of opening up campsites and campgrounds because if they're packed, then that that don't why uh, the second wave. The second wave. Just to answer you on the playground question, um, playgrounds are the purview of the councils. So mm-hmm. it's individual council areas that will be deciding whether those playgrounds are reopening. But SA Health has recommended that parks, playgrounds and equipment are all able to be opened from the 3rd of May. Phew. I, I just saw some kids playing on the playground that's near my house the other day. I was like, gosh, I hope that's okay. And you were like... I guess I have to report these people to the cops. I am a no. narc. It's me, Darcy I just want the, the, wee, the wee bones to be safe. <laughs> so just to clarify, to circle back to our previous conversation, you think that this type of chat is sexy banter that I can use to get out of dates? <laughs> well, you haven't asked me how you could use it to get out of dates. You haven't inhabited the character of Darcy trying to get out of a date. Um, okay, Justin, someone's asked me to brunch and I don't want to go. Fix it for me. Well, you could say, hang on, what's the profile of the person that we're trying to avoid? Uh, it's just a person who wants to go to brunch. I won't go. Well, in South Australia, you you could say mm-hmm. that you only go outdoors when you can drink alcohol, which gives you a solid period of time where you will not be able to go out <laughs> for brunch. I mean, it's not. It's not entirely inaccurate. <laughs> the only thing that makes brunch worthwhile for me is being able to drink alcohol. Um, in South Australia, there's no date in sight for being able to drink alcohol at a pub or... Now, Justin, is that because alcohol lowers your immune system? That's, that could easily be a reason that people... It, it definitely is. I was reading something this morning. <laughs> I mean, it, it's factually correct. I don't know if that's the reason for them deciding that, but uh, it's a fact. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those facts that stuck in my brain because I was like, gee, when can I drink again? Uh, I mean, like outside where people are, obviously. I've just explained that I was drunk last night. Yeah, so South Australia and Victoria are the only places where alcohol, where you can't drink outside your house, basically. Mm-hmm. In South Australia, it's specifically because alcohol is being restricted in terms of drinking outside your house, so you can't go to pubs or restaurants uh, and, and drink alcohol. Um, in Victoria, it's simply because every Everything fun uh, is closed until the end of May. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. Just everybody stay down. <laughs> indiscriminately, everything fun is closed. And pause. There's a lot going on in this episode. So 
alcohol's relationship with the immune system. There are some studies that talk about potential positive impacts in the long term of moderate alcohol consumption on the immune system. That's not what we're talking about. Alcoholism and binge drinking have clear negative impacts on your immune system. That's mainly what we're talking about here, I'm assuming. The other thing is the South Australian government had an announcement on Wednesday that, nope, they're actually completely changing what they're doing around alcohol, which is, I'm sure, beneficial for everyone, but annoying for me in making a podcast. So, in South Australia, the new restrictions are... 10 people indoors, 10 people outdoors in cafes and restaurants. If they have a liquor license, they can serve alcohol alongside food. It's still only with the service of food, so it brings SA in line with the other states except Victoria. Pubs and other licensed venues will be considered as a part of the Stage 2 changes to be announced ahead of June 5th but we don't have any notice about that just yet, um, and they may not be a part of that change. I'm now... Ha ha ha! Oh, Wednesday, Justin. You had it so good. You had it so good for so long. At 4.30 on Friday, the Premier has just announced that South Australian pubs will be able to open immediately today. Essentially, the reason for this is a lot of restaurants use a small venue liquor license rather than a restaurant license to be able to serve alcohol. This was causing some confusion, so they've just decided everyone can serve alcohol with a meal. I think what this highlights is that the changes are happening super rapidly, so if there are any errors in this episode, I'm really sorry. Please let us know if you do find any. But it's just been, oh, it's been a week. This was a big topic to bite down on. Across Australia, you can drink, but you have to drink with food. Same applies to the Northern Territory. Given that everyone else is limiting the number of people that can go to venues, lots of people are talking about the fact that the NT is opening up all their pubs at full capacity again. That's that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. But you still can only drink with a meal, and you actually have a two-hour limit on how long you can be at the venue. So you Get you have to drink fast. I can guarantee you there is a territory full of people saying challenge accepted. In fact, for a lot of the things here, I've basically got where every other state has said, uh, let's not do that or let's put some restrictions on doing that. The Northern Territory has very much gone with, yeah, whatevs. Uh, and that's because they don't have many cases. They are relatively isolated just by virtue of being the Northern Territory. They're kind of doing okay. With a lot Northern of Territory now using this as permission to live it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the last fortnight, you've actually been able to do a lot of stuff in the Northern Territory, um, including fishing, boating, Ooh. camping, visiting parks and reserves. Oh, man. There's so much nature in the Northern Territory. You can also go to beauty salons in the Northern Territory, which you can only do in the Northern Territory and in Queensland. Well, there you go. This has been (laughs) semi-comprehensive. Is there anything that we've missed? Is there any places you would like to pretend to inhabit? What character could you give me, Justin? I'll inhabit a person from the New South Wales, and you can tell me what I I can do. Oh, no, I've found the floor in my plan. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing fun. Nailed it. Uh, You can do a few fun things. I'll get you to guess what I can do. You've heard what we can do in other states. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think I could do in terms of 
uh, drinking alcohol at a pub and eating food. Uh, you could drink alcohol if you were eating in in a bar, maybe, and or how many at the people, restaurant section. And how many people are likely to be allowed in the pub? Oh, like ten, maybe. That's bang on. Yep. Uh, so. What I've said here is that you can drink alcohol at a pub, but a lot of pubs aren't going to be open. And that's not because of any government mandate. It's because opening up for 10 patrons may not be feasible. It may be easier to hibernate. Um, (laughs) But there will be some businesses that open up. As with uh, Queensland and Victoria, five members of one house can visit another home. Oh, I haven't said much about beaches apart from the lagoons in Queensland. What's the deal with beaches, Justin? Beaches and pools follow the same rules in New South Wales as South Australia. So do you know what those are? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's fair. This turned into a quiz and has a bad energy now, so I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) Um, You're allowed to have 10 people at outdoor pools. Indoor pools are closed and beaches remain open, but just with social distancing. Um, Also, there's a pandemic and it's bloody cold, so don't go to the beach. Because uh, it's cold. It's chilly out. It's real Stay chilly. Inside. I don't actually know <laughs> if it's cold in New South Wales. I'm assuming it's cold in New South Wales. They're... Stay inside. Don't make me go to brunch. I'm not ready yep. yet. I'm uh, still hibernating. This is Justin jumping in after the fact again. It is indeed fucking cold in New South Wales. What do you think? This is one I haven't covered yet. Uh, what do you mm. think about whether I can play sports? No. Wait. Maybe. Mm. I know that some Tricky teams one. are choosing to open and some teams are not. Do you know what sports you would be able to play? Ooh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't know, like fucking golf, one where you don't touch someone. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much that is that is the rule. Um, so non-contact sports are allowed. Uh, you can have less than 10 people playing. Again, a 1.5-meter distance. Um, away from other people. Um, there are questions there, though, around uh, what non-contact applies to. Um, you're not allowed to play contact sports, but what if everyone is contacting the same ball, even in a sport that is otherwise non-contact? Um, is Ooh. Yeah, so there's some, there's some questions there. Um, golf is a great example of one you could do, though, because theoretically you're only handling your own ball, your own golf club you shouldn't be touching anyone else or anyone else's stuff mm-hmm. maybe just pull all the flags out on all the holes rather than this is why it's a sport for the wealthy yeah it is well you can afford to have caddies do all that stuff for you and they'll get sick on your behalf so you know that's a real improvement just in the sports section has made me unexpectedly upset <laughs> <laughs> i really was not expecting that yeah pretty i mean i'm trying to think what other sports you'd be able to play i do find you know when people say like a sport is non-contact like the one that always gets me is netball like netball is technically a non-contact sport yeah no they should not be playing that netball is a contact sport everyone's just a little sneaky about it you should not be playing that at the moment if you are sorry (laughs) i'm sure it's fine i'm sure you're trying to do it safely and everything but the idea of netball being a non-contact sport always makes me laugh because it's it's hardcore sometimes, man. <laughs> yeah, so so I think the the real answer with sports is uh, not really. You can't really do most sports. Golf surprisingly is actually a really good example of a sport you could probably still play. Um, esports, you're fine if you're a gamer. Geeks and gamers, you are always fine if you're a gamer. Yeah. When did that even enter the conversation? 
Well, like if you want to play esports, if you want to play some Rocket League or Fortnite, you're set. You're fine. Um, <laughs> yes, and you should have known that since the beginning. <laughs> As In the turns- comments, I'm not entering the debate on whether it's a sport or not. I just think common sense would dictate if you've been playing a game where you have no contact with anyone and it's also a video game, it doesn't enter the conversation here. <laughs> but if you play like Madden, that is a contact sport. So. Boo. So. Can you can you still play Madden? I don't know, Justin. Why don't you tell me? Yes, you fool. <laughs> it's a video game. <laughs> ah. ah, you know what you can't do? What? Anywhere in Australia, you can't gamble. All of the <laughs> casinos are closed. The only place that's set to reopen their gaming places is the Northern Territory, which is set to oh reopen. Oh my god, I thought you were going to say the Crown Casino. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah surprise! Um, which is set <laughs> to reopen on June again. 5th. Uh, other casinos, I believe, are able to, like when they have a restaurant section, that can open mm. up for food, but all of the gambling areas are not allowed. You're not allowed to, which which makes a lot of sense, as well as because it's a nice break from pokey machines. The whole point of it is you make contact with a common surface. Like, the, literally yeah. it is everyone puts something in and then you have a chance of winning something back from it, which is nice. That, you, that you're not doing it anymore. <laughs> not that you're touching it a lot. There's nothing inherently nice about a, a shared surface, you know? There's nothing... It's not like a hug. It's just a place you're all touching. There's nothing inherently nice about a shared surface. I'm so full of wisdom today. Wisdom and gin. <laughs> you really are. I think that is pretty much the social distancing guidelines. Um, there was one other news story I wanted to bring up, but do you have any news uh, that you would like to talk about? I had one last question. This is it. all part and parcel of, of me not wanting to leave the house. Beautiful. Regional South Australia. How am I going to go there? When, when am I supposed to go there? AKA, when can my mother drag me back home? <laughs> uh, do you want her to drag you back home? I'm of two minds of it someday. Okay. Well, uh, does his mum tune out? You can you can visit her whenever. Oh, yeah. The Premier said. He was like, guys, go see your mum for Mother's Day. And I was like, shh, dude, stop blowing up my spot. <laughs> I did. It was really nice. The Premier of South Australia got me in trouble and Justin said it was really nice. What a monster. I didn't know. It was, I, <laughs> I saw. Do, but do, do, I had. Just, just move on, Justin. You're a bad friend. It's fine. Darcy, the other option that you have, uh-huh. if, you're, if you're wanting to continue social distancing, but you don't want to have the intimacy of a date, uh, you want to, maybe you want to have someone else along, you know, invite someone out to what seems like a date, but then it turns out it's a friend hang. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to trap someone in a situation they don't want to be in. Yep. Right. Yeah, sounds yeah. like me. Yeah. Well, I mean, sounds like me with this podcast, but... <laughs> Hey, sometimes I want to be here. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, it it comes and goes. Um, (laughs) But there is a restaurant that is, they they were worried because they had to keep half the restaurant uh, empty. So uh, they filled their restaurant with mannequins. Oh, no. So now you can have intimate meals where the restaurant is full of lots of people. If you're in uh, Virginia in the United States, 
at the Inn at Little Washington. Just casually. You can check this out. And I'm just going to uh, link you to this. This horoscope? You know what's a cuter idea than this and much less terrifying? Restaurants in China are using large stuffed panda bears. And (laughs) Japan have actually been doing it for a while where before it was a covid measure they just have big stuffed toys that you could put there so you could have someone sitting opposite you yeah it's considerably creepier (laughs) very very creeped out by this boy yeah there's some pictures i've always had a thing for mannequins there are also some quotes justin yep they never complain about anything you could have a lot of fun dressing them up a million dollars says this guy it becomes a serial killer The shop that time forgot. I kind of want to eat there now, though. The Inn at Little Washington has always celebrated the living theatre of a restaurant. We're all craving to gather and see other people right now. They don't all necessarily need to be real people. Oh, no. That's so creepy. Is that one proposing to that one? Why is she already in a wedding dress? Oh, 10 out of 10. Guys, Google it. It's very upsetting, and I need someone else to be haunted. It's like the ring, you know? You guys need to see it, so I will no longer be caught by the girl coming out of the TV. Darcy, do you get my point that uh, this would be a great place to take a date? This would suck all of the romance out of the room. Wouldn't it? What I love about it is it's not just taking the romance out of the room. It's really supplanting it with friendship. If you have a date that you're like, you're great, I see nothing romantic here, but this is fun, we have a cool dynamic, I would hardly recommend taking them to that place because I think that any sense of, like, love is now gone, but, boy, you're going to You know what? It could have the opposite effect, right? I find this place very unsettling. And right. a good idea for a first date, if you want to, like, trap someone through brain chemistry, is to go and watch, like, an action movie or a horror movie because it gets their heart beating faster and then that confuses some of the messages in their brains where they're like, ah, I'm experiencing something that's a little – it's different than normal and it tricks them into thinking it's a deeper connection than you actually have. Yeah, I think that might be true of watching a horror movie. I don't know if that's true of living a horror movie. Well, man, bonds created under intense stress can be, I mean, not long-lasting, but they can be... (laughs) (laughs) Finish that that thought. Can be short-lived is what I'm hearing. Stockholm Syndrome. That's all I'm saying. Stockholm Syndrome was fabricated. Look it up. So if that's the news, what happens next? That's a great question. Oh, I have an interview. Wait, what? I did an interview this week. Oh, cool. Who did you interview? I interviewed engineer and tech YouTuber TK, a friend of the magazine. He was a centerfold tech columnist. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, get in there. He has been, during isolation, building a solar-powered rover so that he can explore the suburbs from the <laughs> confines of his house. Very excited for this. He, I was about to say, he does know he can leave the house. Like, he can walk around the suburbs. Oh, sure. But why would you do that when you can spend months and months spending all of your time and resources to build a solar-powered rover? This is amazing. It's like a Roomba gone wild. It's a Roomba on the loose. Uh, it's traveling the neighborhood, searching for stories and adventures. And it's really cool. And let's have a listen. But, but Justin, we can't have a listen. You haven't edited it yet. No, I haven't. I haven't edited it yet. 
All right. Yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. So, my dear friend, would you mind introducing yourself for a podcast audience? TK here, aka Lewin Day. I'm an engineer that spends a lot of time filming myself doing entertaining things, or at least I find them entertaining. Basically, anything I like electronic, I have a play with it, and I throw it up on YouTube, and it's been a good ride so far. We have previously uh, worked together at a top secret magazine that I don't drop every five minutes in the podcast. You are here for a specific reason. On the podcast, we talk about different attitudes to isolation and different ways that people have changed the way they're living because of it. And you've been working on a different project that's sort of isolation related, which is your Rover. Yeah, absolutely. So actually going way back to 2016, I started this project, which I thought I would have finished in about six months. Yeah, that was to basically build a vehicle like the Mars Rover, but for Earth, you know, a little vehicle covered in cameras that I can drive around remotely with a solar panel on top that recharges its battery so it can just go forever. Now it's 2020 and I still haven't finished this. I noticed. Yeah, still haven't finished this vehicle. It's actually, uh, I'm, I'm working on the, the second Rover now because the first one uh, didn't quite uh, fulfill its expectations. And I started work on this again early in 2020 and then coronavirus happened. And suddenly Solar Boy had a, a, a raison d'etre. You know, we're not allowed outside anymore. Thus, the robot must boldly go where humans can no longer tread. So what started initially as a project just to build a fun little robot to drive around my suburb now suddenly became this robot with an actual purpose that I could go and explore the city that was now denied to me. I've spoken to you a couple of different times about it at different stages. So where's it at now? Is it is it a real thing? So the original rover, Tika, uh, TK's internet remote vehicle, uh, was basically built out of an old RC car that I got given as a child. It got to the point where I could connect to it over the internet, over the mobile network. So I could leave this thing anywhere where there's mobile signal. And I sit at my laptop at home. And I could connect to this robot, drive it around, look through its cameras. It was a really great proof of concept. But basically, once the battery was dead, which took about an hour, that was it. You had to then go and pick up the robot. In uh, January, I decided that it was time to finally build the real thing. And so I stripped T-Curve down to its bare components, started from scratch. Now, Solar Boy is being built, and it's sitting right in front of me here. And it has its solar panel now so that it can basically sit in a park, just collecting electrical power so that it can just stay out indefinitely without needing you know, me to go and pick it up or change its batteries. It can just stay out in the wild and I can just connect to it whenever I feel like over the mobile network, drive it around for a bit and sort of over a period of many days, weeks or months, take it on quite a long mission. As it stands now, it has all its subsystems fitted. It has a solar panel, solar charging circuitry, it has a battery. It has a camera with a new stabilizing mechanism. The mobile systems are just a slight improvement over what I had on T-Curve. So it's all there. It's basically in the final shakedown as we speak. Uh, I was working on it last night and uh, blew up some components trying to get uh, some of the finer details of the solar power system going. Uh, so now basically there's a solar panel on top. There's a system which basically switches uh, Solar Boy on for five minutes on the hour every hour. It connects to the internet waits to see if I'm there, if I want to drive it around. If I connect into it, we drive around. If not, it switches back off to conserve power because it can't, if I leave its main systems running all the time, it'll use more power than it gains from the sun. How far does it travel in that five minutes? How far can it go? Uh, oh, so basically the five minute period when it powers up, 
if I connect, it'll stay on. Uh, oh, okay. So it will stay on for the full hour if you stay on, but it's only looking for signals five minutes on the hour. That's right, basically, right, right. yeah. Because uh, so solar panel is quite weak and solar panels aren't very efficient. So if I had it just on all the time, it would just run out of battery. Right, right. So to save power, I keep it sleeping most of the time, power it up for five minutes. If I'm there, it'll stay on and we can just drive around uh, as long as we want, um, in, as long as we got battery power. And how, how far can it generally travel on the battery that it does have? So this has been a, uh, another big part of the project that I got very distracted with. The T-curve could drive about two kilometers before its battery pack was empty. Yep. I've installed a larger pack on Solar Boy, which should be good for, depending on your route and whether you're driving fast or slow, somewhere between three to five kilometers, I hope. One of the problems with Solar Boy compared to T-Curve is that the camera stabilization system is very power hungry. It's worth it because what you lose in battery capacity from spending all this energy stabilizing the camera with motors, you gain in the, instead of hopping, you can drive a lot more quickly and efficiently because you're not always having to stop to wait for the camera to settle. You can you can drive continuously. My favorite way to drive the platform now is to basically run it at quite a low speed uh, because that gives me a lot of time to react to things when I've got half a second of lag and I just crawl along the footpath uh, like, a, like a little tank, slowly inching along uh, minute by minute. The other main thing is GPS. Initially, driving around my suburb with T-curve, you know, I know which way it was facing when I put it out the front. So if I drive straight, I know which way I'm going. Once you get, say, half a kilometer, a kilometer away from your house and it's dark and you're looking through a camera view that's like a foot off the sidewalk, it can be very easy to get turned around and suddenly you have no idea where you are. I'm used to walking around the streets with my head six feet off the ground. Everything looks very different, you know, from the perspective of a tiny robot the size of a poodle. So this now has GPS so that I get a constant feed of the robot's location so I can actually tell where I'm going. Uh, and, and these are all upgrades that Solarboy got because of the things we learned driving T-Curve around and getting lost. So, okay, you've, you've talked about working on it for this long period or, or having it ticking over for this long period. What makes it a good fit for the current era, for, for isolation and for the new world we find ourselves in? This is the thing. So especially uh, around about a month ago when coronavirus was at its uh, most devastating peak, or at least the threat, it obviously still lingers. We really weren't in a place where we were either allowed or in the mood to go outside. And so you were stuck looking at the same four walls all the time. So having a robot that you can drive around in the greenery and go and explore with, it's, it's very much an escapist experience. Now, that in itself isn't very useful in any particularly visceral sense, but it is very fun. Uh, <laughs> fun is allowed you're allowed to have fun fun is yeah fun is very important to me but on top of that as well theoretically in 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 the very unlikely occurrence where society has collapsed and resources are scarce and outside becomes even more dangerous but we still have a functioning mobile phone network at 4g speeds t-curve could be used for things like deliveries right. moving precious cargo from you know, point A to point B without having to risk our human bodies outside. It's slow, I would estimate, on a day-by-day -day basis, given the amount of solar power available and uh, various vagaries of the platform, you could probably only go five kilometers a day. But you need to move some medicine or, you know, some small precious package, and you can park this thing stealthily in the corner of a government lot to charge up day-to-day. -day. You know, it would be useful for moving 
those precious goods amongst the suburbs under the dead of night. So how long do you give it until you replace Bezos, until Amazon's out the door? Solar Boy is probably not, in, in its current form, not a great candidate for delivery. It's the size of a small dog. So you can't move any large thing. Sure. And it needs to be driven by a human the whole time. It's human in the loop, whereas Amazon drones are you know, largely autonomous or intended to be when they do launch. And also they can fly, which helps them go a lot further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so not great right away to replace Amazon. No, it's it's very much a tool of amusing me. And also it works well as a surveillance platform. One of the upgrades that hasn't happened yet, but will happen immediately before its first deployment is I need to camouflage it. Because if you're walking around a park, as you know, people do still get out and get exercise. If you're walking around a park and you see a toy car sitting in the bushes, you're going to go over and look at it and say, hey, this is a toy car. And you're going to pick it up. You might even take it home. I wouldn't really appreciate someone doing that with Solar Boy because I've spent probably 100 hours developing it this year alone. So it's going to get a olive drab paint job and I'm intending to camouflage it with uh, local fauna. Fauna? Flora. 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 Y- you're not going to put animals on it, hopefully. Actually, that'd be... No, that would attract too much attention. <laughs> that sounds a bit worrying. Yeah, yeah, look over there. Somebody's taped six wombats together. Let's go and have a look. No, that's not the idea at all. No. Look at that terrifying possum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds electric. Yeah, Electric Possum is, by the way, an an amazing band name. Fantastic. So uh, it'll be sort of decorated with gum leaves and there'll just be a a very small aperture for the camera to point out and the solar panels to charge on top. And so the idea is I intend to see if I can basically drive this somewhere between two to five kilometers per night, sometimes leaving it to charge up for several days, parked in the corner of, say, a playground, a government park, a disused lot. To be able to pull that off without just getting picked up and stolen, it's going to need to blend in. I mean, my concern is that it will be murdered like that um, hitchhiking robot uh, that famously uh, got kicked to pieces. It made its way across the whole of Canada, and then as soon as it crossed the border into the United States. Yeah, Hitchbot was an absolute uh, you know, admonishment of humanity's response to robots just trying to make their way in the world. I like to think that we're more collaborative uh, in the current era in the current minute but yeah it will be it will be a a social experiment as well as a technological one yeah i think for me one of the problems is solar boy can't readily communicate its mission and its goals to people that find it without compromising its stealth like i could put a giant sign that says i am solar bot please leave me alone right People are probably going to ignore that. I, I think stealth is a much better strategy. One of the problems is its mission of amusing me will be compromised if anyone does find it and pick it up and take it home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although I will know where it has gone because I get updates on its location regularly. <laughs> so so what you really need to do is give it a functionality where it can scream for help. Yeah. Uh, and this is actually, and this is not my goal in any way, but... The other, uh, so I was actually inspired as a young man, uh, probably about 15, 20 years ago, there was a New Zealander who had realized that uh, remote control aircraft technology, you know, like model planes that people were playing with, the technology was getting to the point where the average electronics enthusiast could realistically build a slow cruise missile. Right. Uh, Obviously, creating your own explosives and warheads is difficult. But in terms of... And not condoned by this podcast. I just want to say we do not condone uh, the building of your own warheads. No, uh, absolutely not. I just, I just want to... 
<laughs> yeah. put it out there. And neither did this New Zealand gentleman, but he wanted to basically raise the raise the alarm by demonstrating like not he didn't build any warheads, oh, good. but he okay. did he did build a autonomous flying vehicle that could be given waypoints. And, you know, theoretically, uh, he was saying at the time, you know, for a few thousand dollars, you can build one of these and it could be very dangerous if paired with explosives. Right. And he actually, and, and this is the wild thing, uh, you know, he had visits from the federal police and uh, he ended up having to hide his vehicle and, and stop work because he was getting too much heat. Now in 2020, you can literally go online and buy a kit to, to build your own autonomous flying vehicle that can do exactly that. Yikes. Yeah, and, and basically we just rely on the fact that people don't put warheads on them. Uh, you, you know, like, for example, ISIS were actually found to be using off-the-shelf drones with a couple of mods to drop hand grenades. So they would buy, like, you know, a, a DJI Phantom, put a little hook on it, and go and fly it over someone and, and drop a hand grenade on them uh, because the technology is just so readily available now. It goes to show that the electronics is available at this point where it is very easy for even the unsophisticated to strike at a distance without putting their own body uh, on the line. Solar Boy is a is a platform that you know if someone built their own and and did have these designs, they could use it as a weapon, which I think is something that that scares the uh, the establishment and and the average citizen. Do you think your are your intentions for it good or or evil? How are you planning on? Is, is this one step towards your evil genius um, mad scientist uh, regime, or is this uh, a kindly benevolent uh, way of giving gifts to local strangers? So if I was intending to use Solar Boy as a weapon of war, I probably wouldn't have called it Solar Boy, and I probably wouldn't be talking about it on a podcast. Okay. Because that would, you know, because if you're looking for toy cars that are weaponized, you know, it's a lot easier to find them. No, Solar Boy, with his cute little name and his cute little face, is is very much uh, something that while 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 he hides for his own safety, when in public, uh, when when he does reveal himself to you, uh, it is very much a uh, message of fellowship and joy that he brings. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, from behind his flora exterior, foliaged visage, <laughs> behind his metallic ghillie suit. Um, while I've got you here. You said you were using the 4G network. I'm assuming that's because you believe the 5G network is spreading the virus. You know why I'm using the 4G network? <laughs> so, well, it's a couple of reasons. One, 3G wasn't enough. So when I started this project back in 2016, 4G yep. was pretty new. And I, I managed to get, after the 3G card was just too slow uh, for like the live video, we, we upgraded to 4G and things improved very well. The reason I'm not using 5G is because you can't get... It's very difficult to get a USB modem for 5G. It's very difficult to get one for 4G. So you can get like a little home Wi-Fi device that you plug into the wall and, and shares Wi-Fi to your house, you know, shares 4G internet or 5G internet over Wi-Fi. Yeah. But people have moved away from using an actual direct modem. Now, I could set up Solarboy with a Wi-Fi card and then have him connect to a little 5G router on board. But it's just another layer of abstraction. It's another layer of lag, and it, it, it's just messy. So if a USB 5G modem comes out, I would love to throw it on Solar Boy. It would enable me to move high-quality video back and forth. It would probably reduce latency. I, I'd love to do it. But the products simply aren't on the marketplace. There's a possibility if I really tried, I could probably find some gold-plated device that is suited for people at mining sites or you know some obscure industry thing. Yeah. 
But, but at a certain point, you've got to make sure that it's something that if it gets stolen, it's not exactly thousands and thousands of dollars of your money. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I, I want to look at reaching out, you know, once I've done the next, the next, you know, the first couple of missions, I'd love to reach out to Optus and Telstra or Vodafone or whoever really has the network and, and say, basically, look, if you want to throw me, you know, your best hardware i'll yeah. throw it on we'll go explore the outback with some big antennas uh because t-curve's original mission it, it was always going to be planned that solar boy went to explore the outback yeah yeah uh you know like uh maybe crawling along national highways or or similar because i i was never going to be able to operate it in the suburbs because there's just too many people around now that we're all in lockdown there, there's less people sniffing around the parks yeah and so the the chances that solar boy survives on a journey between my house and a friend's house to deliver a roll of toilet paper is just so much higher. So really, if anything, the world has shifted and Solar Boy suddenly, where we cannot roam, Solar Boy suddenly, the, the world is now its oyster. I think what we've seen is the world is returning to its, you know, its natural form. You've got dolphins in the rivers of Venice and Solar Boy has returned to the parks. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Nature is, is beautiful. Yeah. I look forward to waking up the first morning after I leave Solar Boy out in the wilderness and finding that it has been stolen immediately. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, almost certainly, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be so mad. So, like, I can, it's the kind of thing that I could build again, you know, the third iteration, Son of Solar Boy. Yep. I already know I'm going to make it in such a way that I can just, like, print off a Solar Boy module and just attach it on to, you know, any radio control car right so right. rather than doing what i've done with t-curve and now solar boy where it's like a slow integration and lots of individual things being glued together it will just be like all right here's your rc car bang put the brain on top send it out yeah well you, you need to be able to modulate it like piece by piece right that's why you haven't done that for these existing ones so yeah that, that's basically it is i don't know what works yeah so like currently it's got like a, an arduino pro micro running the solar power system with a solar charge module that does mppt there's a raspberry pi for the brains a pi zero w uh raspberry pi camera uh, telstra 4gx uh, it's a netgear modem a series of components once i have like a formula and everything that works for the next iteration i can basically just make a printed circuit board and I can just plug all those modules in and it's done. Whereas currently, like, it's a mess of, like, hand soldering and hand wiring. And it's like, oh, I've got to remove that, put something else in. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's something that keeps it it keeps improving. So what kind of hours are you putting in on this? And, and when are we going to see uh, Solar Boy take to the streets? Yeah, so I'm currently working many and varied jobs. Basically, if I'm not doing paid employment, I am grinding away on this. Uh, I'm probably putting in between, oh, somewhere between 10 to 20 hours a week, depending, some weeks more, some weeks less. It's kind of amazed me. I've been very upset with myself for not finishing this back in 2016. And then when I actually jumped into this in full flight in February, I'm like, wow, no, this is so much more work than than I actually expected. Because like, oh, yeah, just throw a solar panel on and GPS and you're done. No, it's so much more than that. Uh, just the amount of effort it takes to write all the code and integrate everything has been huge. Last night, I finally, after blowing up another component, I finally got the solar power system working. It's very difficult to get one thing to turn off another thing without blowing it up. Well, it's actually very easy. I just am not very good at it. <laughs> I, I try to do it a smart way, which is... Anyone that has an electronics engineering degree will tell you you just can't do. Anyway, I, my, I digress. Basically, the last major hurdle was the solar power system. That's now working. 
so I'm doing the final code to get the camera stabilizer working and it'll be getting its outdoor testing this weekend in my back garden, making sure the solar power system works out in the sun. And it'll be getting hopefully a video on YouTube of that roughly next week. Then after that, it'll be its first mission and seeing if it can actually survive out in the wild. Well, uh, would you like to go for a more direct plug? How would you like to wrap things up? Or would you like to spruik Solar Boy? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that is interested in what it takes to actually build a device like this, I do go into the nitty gritty on my channel. I've got a series of videos that follow the development of T-Curve right down to the base electronics that I'm using. And so the T-Curve playlist is a great place to start for that. And when the Solar Boy video goes out, I don't go quite as nitty gritty because it is a continuation on a theme. If you understand how T-Curve works, you understand how Solar Boy works. I think for me, I like the electronic side of things, but what I'm most excited about is the adventure. And this is what I've been waiting for is actually seeing what happens when I get to take my little robot out and, and see how long he can survive out in the world. My, my goal is like, if I can get like 20 to 30 kilometers away from home over a series of days, I will just be ecstatic. That would be amazing to me. Like the idea that I would have to drive a significant distance to go and rescue my robot would, <laughs> would just be amazing. Or at the very least that the person that steals it runs with it for 20 to 30 kilometers in the other direction. So that then that at least you've got a bit of time to travel. That would actually be terrifying, uh, like, like, because I would want to go and get it back, yeah. but I would be worried about who I meet. <laughs> but I think the best thing would be, though, if, like, I, I, I go to wire into it one day, and instead of, like, the park where I left it, I just get, like, a view of someone's coffee table. Like, can, can you imagine, like, you know, I dial into this thing, the camera comes up, and I just see a flat screen TV and some... Funko Pops of Doctor Who and I'm like you're driving a robot around someone else's house I would feel I would feel bad like not bad but like I would feel like I was you know invading someone's space I felt bad enough when I drove T-Curve around a construction site meanwhile for them you know you found this thing in the park you left it in your lounge room you wake up the next day and hear <laughs> you, get, you know this thing's alive you've you, made a robot friend at that point that, that's like something out of a movie right like the gremlins or something you bring this like toy home and then it's alive at that point do you and this is a real test of who you are as a person do you go to that person's house and ask them for it back or do you convince them they've made friends with an actual sentient robot <laughs> i think it would be really stressful for them you know like they see this thing moving around they see it explore you know what do they do give it a dish of water or something and the thing is though I can't stay in it forever and I probably won't have a communication method installed. So this thing's gonna like, you know, I can drive around their house and sort of wiggle the camera at them, but then I'm gonna have to power it down and they're gonna be like, oh God, he's dead again. Like, and they don't know that it powers up every five minutes, you know. But then they will develop a rudimentary language and you'll form a new way of communicating between the robot and, and person. And this is the sort of connection we need to be forming in ISO. I feel like I, 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 yeah. this, is, this is the new world we've found ourselves in. I think as well, the camera on Solar Boy does give him a bit of a wall-y kind of look. Ooh. So Tika was kind of like, didn't really have a face. I had a yeah. webcam, but it, it just looks like a pile of wires. It actually looks a lot like a bomb. Right. I mean, that that is a redeeming quality of this one. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. This one actually looks like it has a cute little head, especially because it moves. The only thing is I do need to, I, the one thing that will be written under the camouflage in big letters is, this is not a bomb. Because, because, you know, if it does get found, I don't want, in no way do I want to alarm anyone. 
So long as bomb isn't the first word people uncover, you'll be fine. I, you're right. Don't write this is not a bomb because then when <laughs> dot rubs off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll write, I am a friendly robot. And then, yeah, that's probably a better. Okay. Okay. We'll workshop some language. Um, yeah. In the meantime, I, I hardly recommend checking out uh, What Up TK here. It is a great channel. It has lots of different cool tech projects. Um, I'm not particularly a rev head myself, but I think all the stuff uh, to do with cars is also very, very cool and interesting. And uh, the the musical achievements, you're, you're, a, you're a renaissance man when it comes to a piece of metal. It's a, it's a very impressive, oh, appreciate impressive it. thing. And uh, you can also check out uh, TK's work in the centerfold of Neptune Today, which you can find uh, via all of our things on our Patreon and all that stuff. Thank you so much, TK, for joining us. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, look forward to catching you again when lockdown is over. Now, that video won't be on YouTube just yet. Solarboy encountered some issues during testing and crashed into a fence. So while Solarboy rests up, recuperates, gets fighting fit once more, why don't you check out all the other stuff on TK's channel, or once again, you can jump on our Patreon. In fact, here's an ad with some exciting news. Extra, extra! Calling all scientists, artists, and everything in between. Neptune Today, edition number two, is back in the works. We're working on a second print publication full of science communication, and we need your article, your illustration, your knowledge of specialist topics to make it spectacular. We're keen to work with you to tell stories that aren't being told right or aren't being told at all, and at this point we have a lot of time to work on it, but we need your pitch. Now Justin, I hear you ask, how do I pitch to a magazine that was rudely interrupted mid-distribution by a global pandemic? Well, hypothetical listener, I'm stoked, I'm excited, I'm double, I'm stoked again. From the 1st of June, we're making Neptune Today available digitally on the Patreon, free of charge, whether you're a subscriber or not. It'll be a PDF, it'll be a little bit nasty, it's not sharp and glossy and gorgeous like the print edition, hey, but it will have all the hits we're talking Outer space, dangerous burgers, microbiology, economics, home experiments, a crossword, so much free content, it causes a diehard capitalist like myself physical pain. But there's still something special for our patrons. New subscribers at any tier till the end of June will get a copy of Neptune Today in print with free postage, so you'll get that in your hot little hands free of charge. And as the podcast and the magazine continue together, I'll be dropping updates, story notes, tips and ideas on the Patreon too. If I'm allowed a quick sentimental note, even before the coronavirus, this was always going to be a time of transition for us, of trying new things, seeing what works, what doesn't. I'm so proud of how we've grown and adapted, and I'm really excited for our shared future. So, you know, we, we love you. I love you personally individually i may not know you personally but i i love you dearly jump online check out our shit hey what i did want to say is that on some weeks i sound really weird when we come out of the interview space like i sound very very odd and the bit is meant to be i haven't heard the interview because it's not ready yet so i'm just guessing what's in the interview i i thought that was relatively clear last week with angus's bit <laughs> I listened back and I was like, gosh, that sounds like I just wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm sure it's a great interview. And I know it is now because I went back and listened to it. Anyway, what a great interview.
that talked about that rover. Yeah, that was such a good interview. What, what were your five favourite things? Five, so many more. Um, I liked that it has wheels <laughs> and when we talked about Mars. And oh, that would have been a better I'm topic. very concerned about where it's going to park and its battery life. But I uh, really appreciated TK's genial tone throughout. What a trooper. That's five, right? That's pretty good, actually. Honestly, the problem is that you get it too close. (laughs) And so it sounds like you were listening to it and you just missed the point. That was the problem last week. Like, it sounded like I'm just a bit slow or... I was being condescending, and you can't have both of those, so I sound very odd. I think you sound fine and good and talented. Um, So pretty, so smart. So pretty, so smart. Uh, What businesses do you think are going to thrive? I think think lard. Well, that's what we do. Oh, yeah. No, I can bring this back. It's comfort food. We've been over this, I'm sure, many times, but ah, it's really making a killing. My goal for this year has been to try and eat more salads and it's hard, man. I need to stop eating starch, put on carbs, put on something deep fried. Counterpoint, um, eat what the fuck you want, you live once. That is also very true. What I would say is I wouldn't say the goal should be eat more salads. I think the goal should be make more salads. That's the thing I had to get myself going with because buying a salad sucks. Most salads you buy are awful. I'm just throwing this out there because the whole thing about a salad is it's like it's fresh stuff. You put it all together. You get fresh lettuce. You get fresh tomatoes or whatever the hell you like on your salads. I don't know. Whatever your weird salad cravings are. I don't know you, man. See, that's the thing. For me, fresh is very important, which I forget because I'm used to making a vat of something carbolicious and just eating it right. for a week and a half. <laughs> that's, that's my cooking method. I'm not sure that salad salads... doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm not sure salads are the thing that you can do right now that's that's going to be relatively easy. I would say that, like, I reckon chili is a really good thing to be making at the moment because you can make it as, like, nutritious or as just like bullshit as you want depending on your mood and you can also after the fact alter it by just like whacking more meat in it or whacking more veg in it very true my mate makes a five bean chili that's vegan and you know what you put in that sucker some sour cream some cheese and some guacamole it's delicious yeah yeah <laughs> Make the same chili and chuck it over... Put some meat in it. Chuck it over corn chips, chuck it in wraps, put it over a pasta if it's not too weird of a pasta. Like, you can have the same meal multiple ways all week. That's the way to do it, and that's how you can make nutrition fun. Because <laughs> that's our show now. Let's make nutrition fun, Darcy. <laughs> I'm just saying, put a little cocoa powder in there. If you haven't got a little bit of chocolate, go nuts. Adds a depth of flavor. You won't be expecting it. Also, touch your cinnamon. Just try it out. See how it goes. See, these are more practical bits of advice than don't eat carbs. Carbs are great. Anyway, I, my pick is is comfort food producers. Okay, producers yep. of comfort food. Potatoes, cheese. Unlike these other countries that are like, hey, you're going to eat a certain amount of cheese. You're going to increase your uptake of potatoes. Australians, all of the producers of that stuff are killing it. Yeah, fuck other countries. They're not doing isolation right. A strong anti-other country stand that we're making here. They should be eating more cheese and potatoes is Damn all I'm straight. saying. Other countries, you're on notice. Eat more cheese, other countries, you nerds. <laughs>
<laughs> Unlike us, we're kids. Wait, um, no. <laughs> All this is here. No editing this week. <laughs> oh, no. One of these weeks, I'm just not going to edit the show at all, and it will just be a shambles. <laughs> just going to be like, ah, let it ride. See what happens. Darcy, what else did you... Let's do one more segment mm-hmm. that I like to call We Haven't Got a Show Yet. <laughs> What's, did you have an industry you believe would uh, be? I said lard. Um, I'm not. I don't know that I want to stick you, to that. You want to stick to lard? Lard and stick to you. Hey. As we move into the winter months, I'm just enjoying making cups of tea. I know that's just way too wholesome for this show. I know we're normally much less wholesome than that, but uh, I'm I'm interested in tea. Actually, lately. this is interesting because my friend, who's an avid coffee drinker. Hasn't yes. been able to get his cup of joe. He's been um, buying vouchers because he wants to keep his, his local coffee producer in business. He wants to be greeted with his regular order and a nice compliment to his beard. You know that relationship that you have with your barista? Sometimes. Yeah. He hasn't been able to do that. He can't make a cup of coffee that good in his home. So he's just bailed off of the coffee bandwagon. And luckily his girlfriend is super into tea. So he's a tea drinker now. And I know that because he sent us relentless amounts of memes about it. But a resurgence in tea. How delightful. At the moment, the household is in some degree of crisis because we bought chamomile tea and we bought sleepy time tea and the problem with buying a tea that is so expressly designed for having when you go to sleep is that when you have another one before you go to sleep and you buy exactly even numbers of tea bags it begins to throw the whole thing completely out of whack (laughs) so this is tough and the ratio just all out of whack also chamomile will also make you sleep and taste like dirt it tastes like grass and dirt and chamomile is fantastic i tried i really did try because i was like um i had to stop drinking caffeine uh my friend pointed out that it it does actually it's supposed to help with your sleep and i was having one at like 10 o'clock and i was like why have i got no energy couldn't be related to my giving up caffeine shut up justin that's not what it was it was my dirt tea so (laughs) you're right i don't need to be here for these conversations See, maybe I do need to leave the house because this level of ampage usually means that I need to leave the house and talk to people. Yeah, how long has it been since you had a conversation? Well, I was in the office yesterday, so I had... That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Um, Last night I was talking to to all of my friends on, like, video chat. They don't count. They're not really your friends. (laughs) Stop it! That's something I'm sensitive about! No, I woke up this morning and I made my cousin breakfast, had some weird Tinder chats that went nowhere and spoke for about five minutes to my housemate. And that was basically just, hey, are you going to eat your Easter bunny? I am going to eat my Easter bunny. Oh, no, we've eaten them. Oh, we ate too much chocolate. That was about it. (laughs) So am I catching sugar crash, Darcy, or sugar high? It's probably crash. (laughs) I reckon I'll be able to hear it in the edit. I reckon I'll be able to hear the moment. I think I'm hitting a wall here. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Well, that's okay. I think we're about to call it anyway. But let's pretend that we didn't end it because we were hitting a wall. And instead... Justin, it's been great talking to you. I enjoyed our chat today. (laughs) You researched really well. What a fun new format we're experiencing. This is... Oh, this is hell. I'm setting it all on fire and going back (laughs) to the way it was. Well, Justin, I'll talk to you. Will I talk to you next week? I think we'll still keep chatting weekly. Mm-hmm. If only I mean, to keep I guess. you sane.
We are friends, I guess. Uh, allegedly. I mean, now there's recorded evidence, so just consider this my gotcha moment. Ha <laughs> we're friends. No! You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast.